I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. All right, here we go. Week 20. Here we six. go. This is the week we kept saying. This Daniel, is it. Daniel, for like six weeks, has been saying this is the halfway point. And <laughs> My math is a little shaky. Wrong. But today is the halfway point. This ah! is the mid mid version. This we have come 26 episodes. We have gone through half a year of a pod, of the podcast. Ooh, I can't believe it. It feels and like so much. If longer, you have listened shorter? to every, if you've listened to every podcast faithfully. Then you understand Jesus. There's just no way around it. <laughs> you're halfway there to understanding if you Jesus. Then, then you're still in ignorance. But, <laughs> but if you have listened, you're on, you're on, you're on par. So, well, what are we talking about today? We Troy? are. Well, it is. This is a great week of reading, and as they all are, I know. But as this, they all, this week that we one. transitioned from First Chronicles into Second Chronicles, and we end the reign of David and enter into the reign of Solomon. David does something horrifyingly awful that really doesn't seem horrifyingly awful until you dig a little bit deeper where he has a census taken. Um, so so don't fill out your census paper. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it's, so anyway, we'll explain that a little bit. And uh, and then he, he... First Chronicles does a little bit more to talk about how David gets all the temple ready for Solomon. And and when you read it in First and Second Kings and, or, and, and so forth, you... you kind of get this idea that Solomon does it all. But uh, here you see David actually does most of the legwork and getting all the the, uh, materials together, the drawings together, and so forth. And then he commissions Solomon uh, to build the temple, Uh, really because David had war all his life and was really establishing Israel as a nation, and so never never had the opportunity, a peace time to do that. And Solomon did. Solomon had enjoyed an incredible reign of peace that allowed him to build the temple. Uh, Solomon's going to ask for wisdom. Uh, that's going to start us out in Second Chronicles, and we'll see how he gets started off in his kingship and then dedicating the temple. So we get to go through the temple building process all over again, and sometimes that can be a little bit tedious. But Daniel loves but it. But this one's better. It is a little bit. Chronicles better. is so much more hopeful than for than I, the I, kings. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. And uh, we'll finish up Psalm 78. Get into Psalm 79. Uh, Proverbs 20. Always has some good wisdom to follow, uh, and so we'll get some verses from that. Acts chapter nine uh, through thirteen. This is this is Paul on the Damascus Road, having his Damascus Road experience. That that's a thing. This is the yeah. moment. This is when he has it. Where we, if you've ever heard of somebody having a Damascus Road experience, well, Paul was the first one. Saul, actually, as he was called at this particular Saul. time, and uh, and then we transition into Peter having a vision about Gentiles and having a visit from Cornelius and a band of Gentiles. And everything changes after this because now the gospel is open up to the Gentile world. And uh, here we are as a result of that. Here we are. Here we are. And then we go to Antioch and they commission the first missionaries. And in Antioch, they were first called Christians. And so that's in this week's reading. The first time Christian is used as a descriptor of the church. So, 
That's it. Big That's stuff so, this week. So, so is a lot of important stuff. Yeah. I mean, really, really is. It is one of those. Again, I, you know, I hope you I, – I mentioned a few weeks ago it was a great week to jump in. If you missed that little jumping on point, <laughs> this is not bad. Uh, you jump into Second Chronicles. It's it's not the not the worst place to get into uh, reading the Bible. But uh, we uh, we hope that if you've had a chance to read it and so forth, that you will now. If you haven't had a chance to read it, listen to the rest of the podcast. We're gonna talk about what's meaningful to us. And today we have a guest what? on our program. Who's our guest, Troy? Haley Woods. Haley Woods in the house again for the second time here <laughs> to rock the show. Haley, welcome. Thanks. All over again. <laughs> so many I'm words. Back. She's I'm back. back. Is she our first repeat offender? I think. I think so. so. I don't think we've ever Ooh. had. Well, we Never. had. We had somebody on for two weeks in a row. In a row. Right. Did I did you, that. But, you did, did you that? do two weeks in a row? So this is your third oh, week. Oh my goodness! Wow. Definitely, we've never what? had anybody for three weeks. So. Whoa. And we don't count <laughs> Daniel. So we don't count me. Yeah. We're, we don't count. So yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, Whoa. that's pretty phenomenal. Brown, brown breaking. <laughs> it's because of her amazing biblical insight and knowledge. I would say so. Yeah. So we we do appreciate you being here, Haley. Uh-huh. Yeah. You sure spice up the program. <laughs> we'll have to go back and look and see if Haley's shows get more views than Justin's show. views. It's probably yeah. we I should have a little competition. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll take a break. All right, we're here. We are now going to take a moment and look at some things that have some special meaning to us. And we, we usually, when it was Daniel and me back during the uh, back pandemic. Back in the dark ages. Like, remember when we were having a pandemic? Remember those days? <laughs> oh, was oh, that, was that oh, this year? Is that still happening? Okay. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say whether we're still six feet apart. I think we've shrunk that limit there. We but, may have. Yeah, but yeah. Troy, if you get it. I'm gonna get it regardless. We spent too, we're too, too close. Much, too close. Haley's risking her life, but that's, right. that's on her. <laughs> She's, we're actually we're risking ours, bringing her into the. That's mix, true. So, You're the foreign uh, entity. Yeah. Right. Don't sing while we're doing the podcast. That <laughs> will that definitely will project particles too far. Yes, and I'm like um, right in front of you, so I don't yeah. need. All right, so we we normally ping pong, but this is kind of a ping pong pang. Ping pong, <laughs> ping ping pong. Ping ping pong, and so Daniel is going to start us off. I'm gonna start us off. And pick a passage. Just yeah, okay. So I've got a couple, obviously. Um, I'm just gonna talk about in Acts 12, the death of Herod. I'm so glad you chose that. Really? Yes. Yes. I, I had that. That was one of mine. I had. Really? Thank you. Thank awesome. You. Well, it's just a little section, and I, I I'll just I'll read it. Um, it's just a, a few verses in Acts chapter 12, verses 20 through 23. Um, I won't read it, but basically it's Herod. Um, read it. I'll, okay, I'll read it. it. says, verse 20, Now he was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and with one accord they came to him, and having won over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, chamberlain, they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum, we'll talk about that in a second, and began delivering an address to them. The people kept crying out, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. Yes! How awesome <laughs> is that? So, um, a rostrum, I assume, is some kind of royal chair of some kind. That's right. So, um, that's that's that. But, what? 
<laughs> it's apparently not. A rostrum is not a good worm repellent. It's not a good. Don't. <laughs> I want to. I want to make a line of worm repellent. <laughs> so, so what we're like seeing here is God just kills him. That's right. For not giving glory to God in this moment. And what strikes me is that this is n- not the worst thing Herod's or any mm-hmm. Herod has ever done. Yeah. Number. Uh, top up there high, he had Jesus crucified. He had Jesus crucified. <laughs> like a lot of bad stuff. He had the opportunity. Yeah, Predecessor to, to killed reunion, all yeah. the babies, you know, of Jesus's age. Like a lot of bad things that these guys do. And yes. he, and so for Different not giving, yeah, huh? Different Harry. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah like his yeah. predecessor. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay. but yeah. it's so bad this name, moment. Bad name of the Herod, Jim. Yeah, it's rough. Um. So that, what, what this is telling me, and also wait, just for the weird factor, just eaten by worms, like that. I don't get the uh, the sense that this took very long. It was like an immediate, like devouring by worms. Like a giant bull worm. Yeah. That came and. <laughs> or just just. No, uh, I I I don't know. Ate him up. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, it's a graphic image. Um, I'll 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 look into that. Look into well, it. We'll, Thanks. As we're making our circle. Okay. Cool. But what what strikes me, I guess, is that God t- chose to kill him then, yeah. which tells me to be careful where my pride leads me when God is doing something big, when God's moving in the world and having revivals and things go on, to be careful that I'm not taking glory for myself. Like if God and if God uses me to be part of it, like I don't see Him using Herod a ton, right. but if God's using me to to be part of something big sometime, then just be watch where my pride lands me because when God's doing something that is not the time to seek glory and honor for myself it never is the time but specifically then that's just maybe that's that's reading into it but that's what I got from that moment yeah you know because people when you are in a position of leadership especially and even even you and I are at up front people mm-hmm. and so when you're up front and then people something happens or something and they give you credit for that it's i always have to have this little voice in my head going that's not you right, right. anything good you're seeing that wasn't me i know me that yes. is, <laughs> i'm not capable of doing that that was that was god and you and and but there's always a temptation because there's that little that guy on the other shoulder that's always going oh yeah that was all you right <laughs> that right. was all you take it take it take uh-huh. it and say oh yeah yeah that's me i'm all that uh and uh yeah, that's uh, that's. Uh, I think that's why we got married. <laughs> Not trying. <laughs> definitely. Why <laughs> we married other people? <laughs> we each married a woman, and they keep us humble. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you went down that dark path. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, here's the deal. Um, this says Josephus indicates that Agrippa collapsed and spent the next five days with terrible pain in his stomach before succumbing to death. A range of ancient sources depicts uh, death from bowel troubles and worms as among the most horrible deaths suitable especially for wicked tyrants. Whoa. So he had tummy issues So he got worms in his intestinal tract and ate him from the inside out. Wow. That's That's rough. Yeah. So when somebody says (laughs) that you are the voice of God right check your heart that's right and your bowels and your bowels <laughs> get a colonoscopy or something mm-hmm. mm. all right that's mine wow that was that was good that pointed wow um okay uh mine is from second chronicles 
I've got two Bibles in my way. And, um, and just for the record, I looked that up in a actual hardcover, Daniel will verify, a hardcover yep. biblical reference book. I did not Google it. That's very true. He didn't Google it. I tried to refrain from using Google on the podcast. Wow. But only look at biblical resources. Because I don't necessarily know what I'm looking at when I'm... On Google. On Google, yeah. Or Wikipedia, for that matter. Yeah. Second Chronicles chapter 1 is where I was going to look at. I'm trying to find the verse in the Bible because I only wrote down one verse in my journals. But I want to read another verse connected with it. Uh, because this is of special interest to Daniel. <gasps> it's This is what it says. Uh, this is the very beginning of Second Chronicles. It starts out like this. Solomon, son of David, strengthened his hold on his kingdom. The Lord his God was with him and highly exalted him. Then Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, to the judges and to every leader in all Israel, the family heads. Solomon and the whole assembly with him went to the high place that was in Gibeon because God's tent of meeting, which the Lord's servant Moses had made in the wilderness, was there. So here's the deal. When you and I were talking about, yeah, we were talking about high we were places. talking about high places. This is no ordinary high place. This is the actual tabernacle. The high place. So he is in the actual place where God commanded his people to make offerings mm-hmm. and so forth. The only caveat was, is that, now David had brought the ark of God from Kirith-Jerim to the place he had set up for it because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem, but he put the bronze altar, which Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, had made in front of the Lord's tabernacle. Solomon and the assembly required of him there. So, it's not him by himself. He goes with a group of people to the tabernacle of God, a place where sacrifices could be made, but Daniel has taken, uh, Daniel, <laughs> sorry, Daniel, David, I, let's get you and King David confused. I am I but a man. I am not God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Angel coming down. Angel was almost in the room. The point is, is that David had taken the ark out of the Holy of Holies and moved it to another location. So you have the tabernacle, but you really didn't, it's not the same as it was mm-hmm. in the in the time of Moses. But there was an altar there where they made sacrifices. The only reason that's important is because we had said, why would God honor his request when he went to what God had said, forbidden, actually, to make sacrifices right. in high places? And we had some explanations that uh, said, well, some high places were acceptable because they weren't made for foreign gods. But this high place, especially because the tabernacle was right. actually set It up just there. was a geographically high place yes. that God had said, meet me here. They had chosen a, well, God's instructions to the Hebrews were, you only meet me at the tabernacle. That's mm-hmm. the only place you meet with. You only offer sacrifices at the tabernacle. You don't make high places in other places. And this particular request of God that God did honor was at the tabernacle. There you so go. All I right. like that little... That's helpful. That little bit of information added. I don't know why we couldn't find that when we were in know. First Kings. We may have discovered a new biblical truth. <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't think anybody had ever read yeah. Second Chronicles <laughs> 1 before that. Yes. That's, that is interesting. Anyway, that was me. I'm sorry, Haley. Go ahead. I, okay. I felt like I took part of your time. No, that's okay. Um, something that stood out to me is in Second Chronicles 2, 6 and 6, 18. They basically say the same thing. Okay. But there, it was emphasizing that 
God can't even be contained in the heavens, which mm. is very humbling, I yeah. think. So I just, that just really stood out to me as I was reading that I came over it twice, that it's in there twice. It's very... And things are in the Bible multiple times. Yes. It's important. And it was in... Was it last week? Was last week Stephen's stone, the stoning of Stephen? Mm, I think I so. Think so. Yeah. Yep. I think we uh, last week. Um, it is because we were talking about yeah. the how to stone somebody. Yeah. Here <laughs> yes. in the tutorial. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because <laughs> that's that's the meaningful time things you discover on the podcast. <laughs> how do you stone someone? Understanding properly. stoning. The proper stoning of people. Um, the uh, yes, Stephen says that he says our God does not dwell in a temple made with hands because Solomon mm-hmm. eliminates that. He highlights that. Goes back to harkens back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and so uh, you know, I, I think that's I think that's a mistake that people make when they think of the holy of holies and so forth as if God is contained within that holy of holies uh, because He is definitely not uh, in a box. He can't be. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, they had it all wrong. Yeah, had it all wrong. Yeah, but anyway. So, it may still melt your face off. I wouldn't doubt it. But but God is not contained within that box. It is interesting. That's probably a question for another day. Would the another Ark time. of the Covenant melt your face off? If you could find if you it. Open, if you did still... find it and you opened it up, would it have that kind of power? Yeah. Yeah, they think it's in Ethiopia. Or nearly just touched nearly touched. Did it. you know that? I've heard that before. Yeah, that mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a church in Ethiopia that claims that they have the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> And they have priests who are sworn to guard it and can never and can never leave it once they are once you do that that's what you do the rest of your life. Whoa, wow. that's another Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah, Raiders of Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Anyway, little, cool. Just a little cool tidbit. Yeah. It's All right. Your ping. Ping. Dave, t- ping. It's me. It's the the floor is mine. All right. Daniel, A.K.A. King David. Back to Psalm 78. I talked about this last week too, but um, it's a long. It's a long, long psalm. psalm. Yeah, yeah long psalm. I, I like it a lot, though. Um, you guys, have you guys seen? I generally reference a Marvel movie on this podcast. Uh, have you seen the end of? Uh, yes, I Avengers have seen them all. I've two. Seen them all. Yes, yes uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, it's yes. after credits. Thanos walks up to the Infinity Gauntlet, which we thought was in Asgard, but it was not. And he reaches his hand into it and says, "Fine, I'll do it myself." You seen that moment? Yeah. Remember it? Mm-hmm. It was a big moment where everyone's... I don't know, it was, a, it was a cool moment. I wouldn't say it was mind-blowing, but it was cool. Well, that's what I think when I th- read the end of Psalm 78. Is that God... It's just talking about how people have run from God and disobeyed God, and it's got, it almost has this picture of God giving humanity these chances for thousands of years to make it, to do right, and to live righteously. And... Psalm 78, it's like the author watches God change his mind, almost change his view or his tactic. And it's almost like he's walking up to humans and says, fine, I'll do it myself. Mm. And so, I don't know, it's just kind of that moment and how good and patient he was because he knows our brevity. Mm -hmm. He knows how, how quickly we turn and how quickly we die. And so, but... He, it's almost like the author watches God make the decision to say, I'm going to just go ahead and save you myself. And I think it's a cool moment in the Bible. I don't know if the psalmist has some kind of divine revelation or if it's just an observation he made over time or some prophecy. I don't, I don't know, but um, I love it because it's just a really accurate image of how humanity is so low and how powerful, sovereign, and kind our God is. So. I like it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna piggyback on that. Do it. And and this isn't this doesn't count as mine. It's my podcast, really. It's, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like you can I do what you want. We have time. I'm cheating, but I'm just because on that where he's in Psalm 78, 70, he says he also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes that had uh, that had young. He brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. And I just but the God takes us from where we are and puts us where he wants us to be to do what he was taught us according to what he has put in our hearts. And God cannot give us a greater assignment until he has established integrity in my heart and taught me, equipped me, and trained me to do what the new assignment will require. Mm. And uh, and I, that kind of is that, that God, I will do it myself kind of, you know, that I'm thinking of that Thanos, but the difference <laughs> between God and Thanos, and there are a few, there are a few. Uh, <laughs> is that God... He is so patient with us, mm. you know, and and he is. It seems like he is not using us or or participating in our lives, but he's just patiently. You can't do the job, or he's not going to give you the job until you are ready to do the job. Mm. And so, you, I mean, if you're following his will, I mean, he's going to open up that door when he knows you're ready to do it. When you see people who seem like they leave God and still accomplish great things for God, they're not accomplishing great things for God. They're just accomplishing things for themselves. They're getting glory for that, and probably will be eaten by worms. Probably, uh, but the, if history is any if indication, history is right. Uh, if they're an evil tyrant, but but when we are really desiring to do what God wants us to do, He He may have something great for you to do, but He will not give that to you until uh, you're ready. Because we're we're always terrified we're going to fail, or, mm-hmm. and and we're not going to fail. We we won't get the job until. Uh, we're ready to do it. I, I know I've gotten impatient so many times, but uh, but I, but you can see how he how he just moved David and equipped him and so forth and everything David sought to do until he went off the reservation and mm. did things on his own. Then then uh, in the census, you and I, we'll when when census. did he go off and do things on his own? Are you about to talk about that? Oh, you mean when did David finally do leave the reservation? Yeah. Um, well, we're we gonna talk about that later. Well, the sin with Bathsheba was the first. Oh thing. well, yeah. That was the big. I was talking about the census. Yeah, but we are going to talk about it later. Yeah. Oh, okay. But but since you brought it up, it was the same with Bathsheba. Was the well, that's, that's the first moment we have recorded where David really, really goes off the reservation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, the census is bad. The Bathsheba thing was pretty devastating. You just wanted the rubber ducky so bad. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Something like that. All right, but this is. I'm sorry. This is my. This is the thing I wanted to share. Uh, but the Lord said to him, uh, "This is Acts chapter nine, verse fifteen and sixteen." But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Um, it is easy, I put this down, it is easy to lose sight that when God calls us, our lives, uh, it is easy to lose sight that when God calls us, our lives don't get easier. They become more purposeful. When we are chosen to bear the name of Jesus, we bear his suffering. The world's hatred of the truth will be directed at us, and if they killed our master, um, they will seek to kill us also. The more steadfast I am in the walk, the more the enemy will seek to tear me down. And it is, it's it's an overwhelming temptation sometimes to say, I mean, just think of yourself in a battle, or if you, if you are a really, really, really good soldier, and when you watch movies about really, really good soldiers, they don't get good assignments. They get horrible assignments, you know. Now, they sometimes will act like they love those assignments, 
but their lives are always threatened. They don't ever get to. I think of Mission Impossible yeah. and things like that, you yeah. know, where they don't really have to have families, they don't really get to enjoy life and so forth because they're just needed to be in those places. And and so when you when the more God gives you, the more He entrusts with you, the greater the cost to personal cost that you're going to experience. So I mean, I'm going to say be careful what you ask for because obviously, but but don't ever think that 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 is just like there's this place where I can be super useful to God. And it'll be easy because it just doesn't work like that. Mm. You, uh, you're you going to have to – it is going to demand a lot of suffering. And, and usually um, sometimes people don't last very long. I, Billy Graham was an example of somebody who lived forever. <laughs> I mean he just <laughs> lived so long where uh, you have people like John the Baptist who lived six months after he mm. started his ministry. And so it's not about how long you live, but it is – uh, but it was still a great cost to Billy Graham, the things that he was required to do. Um, and so he didn't get to live a normal life like other people. So while he was blessed, uh, I mean, it was still very difficult. And so that's, uh, and Paul is, is the quintessential uh, example of that, that he was blinded and then, and so he left this Pharisee life befi- behind, embraced Christ and said, I will follow him. And people didn't trust him at first and so forth, but yet, wow, what a cost. What a price he had to pay with the rest of his life. And mm-hmm. he just gave it. I mean, he just poured himself uh, poured himself out for the Lord as a drink offering and uh, and was stoned and left for dead and, and beaten and, and imprisoned and ultimately killed for Christ. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So makes me uplifting and stuff. Makes me, not, <laughs> makes me not think my life is so bad. Yeah, but he didn't have to suffer through COVID nineteen. That's right. <laughs> he didn't have to be quarantined. Count your cross. <laughs> That's right. All right. All right, Haley. Okay. Um, in my personal studies, I've been studying prayer a lot, Ooh. and so that brought me to Second Chronicles six and Solomon's long prayer. But also, it kind of it paralleled to David's prayer at the end of First Chronicles. And it's just the similarities that you see. They both, and you see this in the Lord's Prayer too, they both acknowledge who God is first. And so I've just, in my own studies, it's like whenever you approach the throne of God in prayer and you acknowledge who he is first, it, it, it sets you up to be able to confess sin and to ask requests of God. And we also see that in Habakkuk whenever... He's back. Nobody references the back. This I is love the first Habakkuk. time in this podcast. Josh Humphreys would never reference Habakkuk. No way. <laughs> um, but Habakkuk's just struggling with God. Like, why are you doing these things? Why are you letting these evil people just roam? Like, how are you going to use them? And so something that he finds comfort is, is he steps back to what he knows about God mm. in his prayers. So, I don't know. That really spoke to me. Learned a lot about prayer just through these passages. That because, is awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's I know good. why we have you on. We've had you on here <laughs> yeah, a few times. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, now, now it's all coming back to me. Yeah, very good. That's awesome stuff. Well, that's right. some good good stuff, guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll chew on that for a bit and then we'll come back. We'll chew on that. Yeah, let's come back and we'll, we'll make up some questions. <laughs> and we're back for the You're question back. and response moment of the podcast. Really excited. We do this um, every Monday on Facebook Live. So you, if, even if you don't do the reading, you can watch on Facebook Live as we're going through it, and you can send us a message with your questions. 
while we're talking about it, while we're actually doing the like podcast. Live. Yeah, so we, we do it every about one o'clock, so one ish, mm -hmm. and so um, so come to the if you go to our Facebook page at uh, first first you should uh, join our Facebook page, like our like our page, and then you'll get like a um, um, a update, notification, a notification, a push That's notification, right. a push if notification. You will. That's right, and so it'll say, hey, we're live now. And then as we're talking and so forth before we actually record the podcast, we give people a chance to send messages through. And uh, you can share insights with us. You can also um, send us questions. If you don't want to do that, if you're like, I'm tied up on Mondays, that's way too difficult for me. Way too difficult. You can find our phone numbers, call us. <laughs> you can call the church office. You can uh, send us an email at troy at fbcj.us or daniel at fbcj.us. And uh, I'd probably go if you go to the website, you can find some way to yeah, connect with find us. Kind of stuff. Find some way to get your question through, and we we love questions. Yeah, so, it would seriously be the highlight of our week. It, it is the highlight of our week. We spend time thinking about it. Uh -huh. We talk about it. We we never we have yet to ever say that is the dumbest question I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. Uh, because that would be really hard. You'd be really, that'd be really difficult for somebody to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard some really dumb questions. So to say it was the <laughs> dumbest question I've ever heard in my entire life, that'd be up there. Um, so anyway, but um, here is a question Woo. that people have had that they asked. In fact, it was asked last night. What? Uh, but uh, how convenient. It was very convenient. It's actually been asked several times over the past few weeks, and that is about the census. Uh. Um, because David says, let's count the people of Israel. And Joab freaks out. And Joab is not a freak out person. If you have been following Joab, Joab has murdered a few people. <laughs> he's not what I would call Mr. Clean. So you got a guy who's he's more he's like comfortable somebody, with a lot of things. He's more like somebody out of the Godfather. Uh, and he's just kind of killed a few people. He's not been the most upstanding human being. In fact, David is going to tell his son Solomon, hey, at first opportunity, kill Joab. No. I really can't do it myself from obligations that I have. But, you know, would you do that for me? And <laughs> Solomon does. So, um, so anyway, so it's not going to go well for him. But here's the deal is, is he, um, he does say, please, David, do not number the people of Israel, you know, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, don't do this. And yet he does it because he is loyal to David. And then God judges uh, the nation of Israel because of David's sin and says, I'm going to give you three choices. You can either have um, some years of famine. I think three, mm -hmm. I always get this wrong. Three years of famine? Is it something like that? Three. Some. It's famine. Uh, your enemies are going to come against you. Or you are going to have a plague from the Lord mm -hmm. for three days. And he takes, he said, he doesn't choose. He says, God, you pick. He says, I don't want to fall into the hands of men. He said, so I'm, whatever you're going to give, do that. And so God sends a plague uh, for three days. And, uh, and it is a horrible plague. And the angel of the, of the um, Lord stops over the threshing floor, you know, and this is, uh, anyway, it's a big deal, um, which is going to get into your question here in mm -hmm. a second. Yeah, uh, but the um, so anyway, the question is, what's the big deal about counting people? Well, uh, apparently, in the Old Testament, uh, God frowns upon. God said that 
he is going to make the nation of Israel as numerous as the sands of the, of, of, as the sand as the on the seashore as the stars in the sky. So it is an act of pride and actually just questioning God to say how many are there. And so they never count the people. I didn't realize this until I started researching it. They don't do censuses. What they would do uh, in when they were counting people in in Moses's day in Joshua and through the judges is they would do a temple tax. Or, or, and so you would basically take a coin and pay your taxes with it. And as every family would pay that tax, they would count the coins. And that's how they would get an estimate of how many people there were. But they wouldn't actually count people. Um, and they had other ways of rounding numbers and so forth. And when you're looking at the numbers in the Old Testament, and somebody asked this question too, so I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, the reason why the numbers don't always match is because they're not always specific. Sometimes they're just averages or just groups of people. Like if I if it says there were 12,000, well, it, it may have been 12,236, mm -hmm. but they just said 12,000, which we do all the time. Um, and sometimes there were very specific counts, but they would do something that was not quite, um, you know, a, per, a census. But uh, I think that if you're looking for a reason of why would it be a big deal, I think it comes down to pride. God didn't want David to put his confidence in the number of people that he had, in the number of soldiers that he had. In fact, the number wasn't to be recorded in David's chronicles. Uh, it was it was one of those that Joab even stopped counting at some point and just didn't even count the Levites. Uh, and so, and the reason being because it's like, hey, uh, I'm your your strength doesn't come from the number of people, as we learn from Gideon and other other things. It comes from God. And so David had a moment where he went off the reservation mm. again. Again. And so, um, so yeah, so that's that's the reason it was so harsh. And David, obviously, it was sinful because David even recognized the sin mm. after he did it uh, and repented of that. That's an interesting social culture because, like, today we would look at that and think, well, you're trying to be have be a good steward. Like today in a church, for example, yeah. we count our we count people in pews, we count dollars that come in, we count everything just to try to yeah. be the best organizers of information and wealth that we can. But in that day, it seems like yeah, that's we live in this mass of people, just trusting right. that if an army comes against us, God's going to take care of us, regardless of how many warriors or whatever that we have. Right. So, well, I think I think if David had been doing it. As a good steward, it would not have been an issue, right. and he would have done it the correct way. He would have found a way to find out that information without numbering the number mm -hmm. of soldiers they had, um, but he didn't. And and so, and I think the same is true for us. I think I think there's good counsel in churches that it it is a pride factor. I think we start by saying the numbers are for good stewardship purposes, but then sometimes it bleeds over sure. into a pride issue. Absolutely. And uh, I think same. Um, we haven't had a plague in the church or well, of course we do. Oh yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe that's the, maybe there's a problem here. <laughs> Stop counting. Take an attendance. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we when you take attendance, it should be for the purpose of being. I, I think the truth is found in how you take attendance. Mm. You know, it's when we try to bump those numbers. If we're not trying to find an accurate count, mm -hmm. trying to find out when people are where they are. And we're just trying to inflate numbers to oh, share yeah. with others. Well, I see when pastors talk to each other all the time. Like I go in to have coffee with three or four guys from different churches. Oh, yeah, cool. You're in youth ministry now. How many is, it, how many is in your youth group? And it's not like we're challenging each other's numbers. Yeah. But there is that kind of tally in the back of our head. All right, you have a youth group of 30. I have a youth group of 40. Yeah. Cool. You know, yeah. like I like that. 
Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, we have to watch that constantly today. Yeah. Yes. And, so, and then you have a pizza party and 50 kids show up and now you have a group and now, of 50. now you have a group of 50, even though <laughs> before right. you only had 12. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know those other 38. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name them? What are their names? I have no... Yeah. That's right. That's right. So cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. The crazy part is, and not to get off too much on this tangent, is that uh, I don't know why... The, the reason why you should count people in a worship service is because of the space you have in the, the worship space, center. Right. And so you're trying to keep it. That's not your church. I mean, your church is actually larger than that because the number of your people in your church. So when you say how many people go to our church, really the number is because I remember we, you know, pastored a church and I'm going to not use the numbers. So that's not in front of mind. But when we, if you counted the people in the, in the chairs each week, mm-hmm. uh, we, what we did, we said, well, how many people come over a six week period of time? And so we left clipboards out and said, uh, when you come, if you're here today, sign your name and your address, you know, whatever. So we know who you are. And we're just trying to see, you know, who's here over the course of six weeks. Well, the number was two or three times greater mm. than the people we had. So what we discovered is, and we actually started looking at people because they weren't visitors. All There were some visitors. But they were our normal people. They just, and I thought, how does that even happen? How do they all come on different days? It was almost like they call each other and go, well, this is our week. So, <laughs> you, you, know, so you go next week. Um, but... But really, our focus needs to be on knowing who those people are yeah. and how we are integrating them into the faith. And so, so, so if you're using numbers, those numbers have to have names attached to them, and 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 you have to be aware of who those people are and whether you are actually do, fulfilling the ministry that God's given you. I think it's a greater. I think you're better off trying to keep that number low if you're actually thinking, taking seriously the commission that God has given you to make them into disciples. So. Okay, go ahead and share. I mentioned you had something you were going to ask. Oh yeah, kind of so detailed in that. There's a lot of so that's that's all good. The what got me this week reading about Mount Moriah on the, with the temple, which we haven't mentioned before, is one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. But it's also where Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, same mountain. Yes. And you just see a lot of repetitive places in the Bible, right. kind of like that. Like the Mount of Olives. Like the Mount of, yeah. And mm-hmm. you notice, and I know Israel isn't that big a place, yeah. so that's going to happen. But I just I just wonder sometimes if there's something behind the scenes spiritually maybe that impact, like influences where big things happen. You know, yes. we read in Daniel how different um, – spiritual beings have kind of sway over different areas of Mm -hmm. land so you know those two facts together made me wonder sometimes you know we hear like satanists talk about ley lines and all these like crazy things spiritual energies places that we don't really ascribe to a ton right but but it is it is interesting so i was just curious what it is interesting and and i think that to to take to try to take geography completely out of the picture is a very american thing to do because we like to think that everything happens here, that we're the yeah, center of the of world and so forth. This is not true. Um, <laughs> but and, and I think it's bothersome because you really can't – I mean, I know people try to read the United States into some type of – We're not there. It's not there. Yeah. We're not there. And it's, just, it's, it's not a piece. And, and maybe because, you know, by the time we get to the end times, we're not even – on the a blip on the Could map. I mean, well, a lot of places aren't in the end times. Right, um, Australia. Australia is not there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. South so, Africa is not there. Yeah, I mean, New Zealand, while awesome in Lord of the Rings, is <laughs> isn't a biblical place. Uh, so it's now where our king will return. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Right. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Uh, but when you go to that region, wow, 
when you get into Egypt and Israel and Jordan and and, and that section of the world, uh, that's really the, the place where the world started mm -hmm. and God began the world in that place. Obviously, it's going to have a huge uh, part in everything that God does and so forth. Um, and it's just it's just like the Israelites were, were his chosen nation. The Hebrews are his chosen people. Um, Jesus, his chosen son, obviously, and puts him in that chosen place. He chooses Jerusalem to put his name there and to build his temple there and so forth. So yeah, it's it's absolutely there are uh, there's a particular route that he took Moses on, a particular mountain that he speaks to Moses on, and and uh, and then and, and recurring things come back to those places, and and that's why trips to the Holy Land are amazing. Um, I'm not necessarily encouraged people to go to the Holy Land, but it is it is very amazing when you go. I remember because I grew up in Kentucky, and when we went to Israel. They told in Kentucky, I don't, I never think of, of being as a very big state. And I'm pretty much been all over Kentucky and know it. And then went to Israel, and they said Israel is about the thir a third the size of Kentucky. Mm. And so you think of the the space there. It's, I mean, you're talking about like southeast Missouri. Yeah, it's <laughs> I mean, crazy. It's, it's like the little towns are connected to each other. You can you can walk everywhere, and which they did. Um, but but yeah, there's there's great significance in the places that God has has put His hand in different places and things that come back around. And I love the fact that you brought up Daniel because I absolutely believe, uh, and I do think the United States has a part in this, in that we do have strongholds within the United States. I believe wherever there are people, there are angels at work, mm -hmm. and and you have this battle of spiritual warfare. I I was a huge Frank Peretti fan and loved this present darkness and piercing the darkness and and just how he um, created this visual of strongholds and so forth, and not to stray off into fiction and trying to draw biblical conclusions but he was simply taking things that we see in God's word and saying what would that really look like today and how would we see that and this is what we do know we do know that Satan does have strongholds we do know that uh, the enemy does uh, he is the prince of the power of the air there are principalities and powers at work in different places we do know that God's army is bigger and stronger but uh, but definitely we are at war in different places on the planet and you can see it. You can see in, uh, I mean, Iraq is where Babylon is, and and uh, and you have Iran where uh, you have really Persia, and uh, the Persian kings and so forth. You have um, Nineveh is Mosul in Iraq, you know, and so you have or Assyria, and so you have all these things that have happened over a period of time. Still, still really bad things occurring in those regions of the world, um, and so yeah, those those are. Those are things always to take into stock that um, there is a connection. There, I, I don't think God is done with that those geographical locations even yet. But, hmm. Cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, two things. One uh, that really are questions that come up, and uh, one is, did Peter um, make it okay to eat pork? Uh, mm. <laughs> and here's the thing. It was always okay for. Gentile Steve Borg. <laughs> and and I think that um, under I think in Jewish tradition, I really think that comes down to a you have to be right with God. I don't know how many Jewish people are listening to the podcast, but I'm not I'm definitely not the authoritative word on whether God you're still bound by that. Um, the um, I do know this, I eat pork and I have no guilt. Uh, so 
I am never, I'm always aching for bacon. Uh, but the, um, uh, the, the amazing thing at this point is, is that in the book of Acts, God is continually showing how he is taking his word to these different regions, uh, to different people. He starts with Jerusalem, he goes to Judea, then Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. And he shows how the spirit of God is now on Gentiles. Um, and so that's, that's a good word for us. The, um, and, and, and also that, that what God has declared to be clean that we are not to say is unclean. So a good word. The um, Christians also, that we pointed out, the Christians were first called Christians at Antioch. This is where Paul and Barnabas were first uh, pushed out as missionaries. The only thing I want to say to that is, the question I get asked is, is Saul, Paul's uh, pagan name, and Paul, his Christian name, like, or was Paul the name that God gave him, and Saul was his name before, like an Abram, Abraham mm -hmm. thing, sure. or even a Simon Peter type thing? Uh, and that is no. Saul is just his Hebrew name. He is called Saul all the way up until the point where he is commissioned to go to the Gentiles, and then after he starts speaking to the Greek people, they start, Luke just simply stops and says, and from that point on, he was called Paul. Mm. Um, but um, he, um, well, he was also known as Paul. He doesn't even say from that point on. And and really, it comes down to he's now going to Greek-speaking countries. He's dealing with Greek-speaking people. Um, so it would be natural for them to use his, his Greek name yeah. uh, instead of his Hebrew name at this point. So Neat. I, don't, I don't have a Hebrew name. I just have a Greek name. So <laughs> That'd be cool. You do have a Hebrew name. I do have a Hebrew yeah. name. And it's and the same as no my Greek name. And I have no idea what Hallie is. <laughs> Uh, it's Hebrew. I'll go with Hebrew. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That means it's time to stop. That is. That's it. <laughs> all right. Man, well, thank you for joining us, Haley. Yeah, thank Again. you. And uh, we'll see you all next time on Understanding Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.